It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing? Because I got barely any sleep last night. As the diaper bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the cry room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday Welcome to All Set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics to be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass. My name is Scott Williams, my co-host is Jeff Trailer. Hi, Jeff Trailer. Hi, Scott Williams, how are you? I, more blessed than I deserve. Oh, just trying to get. Is it because you get to hang out with me? No, I'm just trying to get Father Pat Bottomman on the on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I think the last time we asked him, he said, "Give me about a year, yeah, to think about it." Check back with me. I think four seasons literally. Check back in uh, eleven months. I understand. Busy guy. We all have different gifts. (laughs) (laughs) Father Peter Marshall, the gift with the gift of presence. Hello, Father. And smiling. And smiling. Yeah. He is smiling. Nobody will believe it. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't get that joke, go look up Father Peter's picture on the parish website. (laughs) It's a bit formal. (laughs) I've never seen somebody look so angry at a photographer. (laughs) How are you, Father? I'm well, thank you. Yeah? What's new? Not much. Uh, Loving the weather and um, things are going well at the parish, so good. Great. Yeah. The parish of good old St. Jude. Yes. Yes. Patron of lost causes. Is that why they named you pastor? That is exactly why. (laughs) Maybe Jude can help him out. Just kidding. That's why we bring you on the podcast. (laughs) Um, Cool. News in my world. We bought a house. Or we probably bought a house. We bought a zoo? A house. Oh. A zoo. That's a movie. We bought a zoo. Oh, no. No, we're under contract. Hopefully it works. Great. Inspection tomorrow. All the things. Very exciting. We have a house for sale if anybody is interested. Uh, <laughs> Shannon Lakes, great neighborhood. Anyways. I, I don't have to own a house, so. Oh, good for you. Right. <laughs> good for you. Plus his dreams to own a condo. Yeah. Downtown. Indy. Yeah. I like it. There's one for sale uh, just south of downtown Georgia and Meridian. Okay. Um, I forget what that place was there. They used to have like games and I don't know. Anyway. Jillian's? I looked, yeah. Above there. I used to live downtown. I like downtown living. It's a good time. It's probably just a shade under a million dollars or so. Yeah. So um, it's just a dream. Yeah. One day. Uh, Jeff, you ready for the two minute drill? Uh, yeah. All right. Speaking of lost causes. Speaking me, of Me of going dreams. only two minutes. <laughs> uh, we can all dream. <laughs> 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Um, we start out again with Amos. 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 We'll argue it like we did last mm-hmm. week. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to go with Amos because I like it better. Um, Amos. <laughs> continue. <laughs> uh, famous Amos. <laughs> famous Amos. Um, famous Amos. I hope we, we get just, some cookies sent to us after this. Oh, that'd be great. I love cookies. All right. Uh, he, he starts off pretty strong here, very like speaking for the Lord and just says, woe to the complacent in Zion. 
And then he starts just mocking these complacent people in like the opulent ways that they live. But he usually, he talks about some pretty funny things in here, like lying on their beds of ivory. Mm. That doesn't sound very comfortable. No. It sounds opulent, but not very comfortable. Stretched comfortably on their couches, which was the point I realized couches existed in the first, in the old Testament. Like I had no idea and just no clue. But I didn't. I don't know why I thought that. But I just thought couches were a much more modern day discovery. Oh, they, but they, they used to have them at the tables. They right? reclined there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. <laughs> they eat lambs from the flock, calves from the stall, uh, improvising to the music of the harp. Like apparently they're they were beatboxers, and that was <laughs> opulent. Uh, and then they drank wine from bowls, <laughs> which like. I'm in. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it one day. Drinking wine from a bowl. It sounds like a really good idea. I feel um, like I've peaked now after that recline joke. <laughs> you think you, that was the one that I've did it for out. you? That's, all right. Great. Should be good, Father. Right. You I, and I, I will enjoy this. Um, but he says that they... <laughs> sorry. It gets even more confusing here because he says they're they're not upset about the collapse of Joseph. Therefore... They will be the first to go into exile, and their wonton, which I don't know why wontons came into the mix, and I don't know. Wanton. Wanton. That's wonton. Um, Amos. <laughs> uh, it shall be done away with. So, I don't know. I learned that it, they had couches and wontons. Wonton soup. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That funny spoons. It's uh, weird. <laughs> the responsorial psalm, praise the Lord, my soul, or... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're getting these hallelujahs in here recently. It's pretty great. Second reading, uh, first letter to Timothy. I just, like, sometimes I feel a little bad for Timothy. I think Timothy was a great guy. But, like, Paul just really was letting loose with the, like, hey, mm. here, all you have to do is be an absolute perfect human. That's all God's right. asking. That's, That's all right. Jesus is asking. Yeah. But he said, all you have to do is... Be a man of God, pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, gentleness, compete well for the faith, lay hold of eternal life. That's it. Easy peasy. That's, yeah, that's all the things you do. It's basically like how to be Jesus. And I think that's, I get what he's saying and I like the advice. It's good, but I, I feel bad for Timmy. No. Oh. Poor guy. Um, but he, he, he goes through this and talks about, and just reminds him like, and why are you doing this for the King of King, the Lord of Lords? Hmm. Uh, for the, for the, he who died for us, no human being has seen nor can see to honor him with eternal power. So it's a great reason, and it's a good list of things we should do, but I just feel bad. Right. I just feel bad. All right. And then the gospel, our gospel this week comes from Luke 16, 19 to 31. Jesus said to the Pharisees, there was a rich man, man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's tables. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in the flames. 
Abraham replied, My child, remember that you have received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus, likewise, received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from yours your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they should they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to him. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone go from the dead goes to tell them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. Yeah. That's good. Thanks. Father Peter Marshall, did Jeff get anything wrong? Other not than yet. the wonton part? No, other than the wontons. Okay, good. Amos uh, or Amos? Amos. Mm, Amos. <laughs> I guess we can't repeat jokes from last week. <laughs> Tune in to last week's episode if you want to hear some Amos jokes. Uh, Father. You Amos repeated it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and you just did? Oh, man. Uh, Father, what are you preaching on this weekend? Uh, I think, uh, so I have two thoughts that I haven't decided on yet. One is kind of the lectionary is preparing us for the end of ordinary time, which always ends with kind of the end of the world readings, right? And so before we get to the end of the world, God is giving us uh, through the lectionary selections, again, a reminder of, uh, kind of why the world has to end, the sins that uh, cry out to heaven for God's vengeance, and uh, particularly sins against the poor, mm. right? And so uh, liturgically, through the lectionary, that's kind of where we're going. Um, but I also think the, the other piece is in the gospel to, uh, to not put off doing good now, like we, we don't necessarily get a second chance for it, right? And so this is the message uh, that Jesus tells in the story that once you've died, it's too late to then uh, share the gospel with people. It's too late to do good works. It's too late, you know, do it today while you have time. So, okay. I like that. I can get behind that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I have a Garth Brooks song as the opening illustration. Tell me more. Which one? Are you going to put everything away? Are you going to play the music I'm video? Gonna, I'm gonna, no. It's a great <laughs> day to be alive. On the screens? No, no, no music videos. Just, just the power of my story. The PowerPoint. Right. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> You know, I, I'm more sympathetic to Father Beidelman every time I come on. This <laughs> <laughs> you need a year off too. <laughs> I, um, I have some. I have a point of contention with this gospel. Oh, tell me why. I'm. Gonna, I gotta say, I disagree with this story. The, in, when Jesus here, well, when Abraham is speaking to the rich man, right, and the rich man says send somebody who's dead to go tell my brothers. And Abraham says, well, if they won't listen to the prophets, they won't listen to a dead person. I disagree. Right. I feel like if a dead person showed up and they knew that person, they knew they were dead and they saw that person risen from the dead 
And I'm almost positive Jesus proves that story to us just not That's long right. after this. <laughs> that that though people will listen yeah. and it, it will impact them. I mean, he tried to talk to those apostles for years. Right. Then he rose from the dead and it clicked, right? Like yeah. so anyway. I don't know that that doesn't really affect your homily at all. No. I don't think, but no, not a bit. <laughs> but I had, it was a point of contention I had with this where he's like, ah, oh, if they don't listen to those prophets, yeah. I'm not going to listen to dead people. I think disagree. It, Is it a, a different way, kind of dead person in this, in a <laughs> this gospel? It's the walking dead. Uh, oh, the, in a way Christ there is speaking more to us and saying, you know, there's going to be a time where he's gone back to heaven and all we have to rely on is the old written word and uh, we'll lose that first person urgency. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. But if a dead person showed up here and told me to do all the stuff that Paul was telling Timothy, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I know You'd I should do serious. it, but I'd, yeah, I'd probably right. buckle down pretty yeah. well. Just saying. Say that again, what you said about uh, doing things now and not later. Like that we should? Yeah. Okay, we should. Okay, tell me more about that. <laughs> That's what he said. Got it. Uh, well, like... Time for dumb questions. I think we. it's natural for humans to live in a little bit of denial of our mortality, right? And, yeah. And so we always think, I'll have time to get around to X. Right. And we kind of train ourselves to like, and to procrastinate or yes. to put off the hard things. And right. I think even more so that happens in the world of sin. And 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 you know, once you get into a habit of sin, it's easier to sin. Uh, right. And then, but once you find that opportunity to go to reconciliation and be healed, uh, there's so much joy that's lifted off of your shoulder. Is, is this a repentance story or is this a do good thing story? It's both. It's both a, a repent, which is to, uh, you know, to turn around, to stop doing something, turn around, do better. But it's also a, uh, a do good story of, um, don't put off giving to the poor. I mean, that's a big theme in, in all the readings. Don't give off uh, following the law. That's kind of the, the situation the rich man has found himself in. Mm -hmm. um, and don't put off encouraging others to join you on the path of holiness, right? Like, um, you know, we always think, oh, if I get to know somebody better, when I know them better, then I'll be able to speak to them. And maybe <laughs> we ought to just encourage them in holiness today and not worry about how well we know them. Yeah. That's something that Jeff and I have talked about before has been just walking that fine line between encouraging someone in their faith versus putting them off and losing their friendship because you're forcing religion on them. Right. Any advice on that? You know, I spoke to the high school youth group on Sunday and we had a question similar to this. And I said, you know, we've really drilled home the message to be respectful of other people's faith, but we often find ourselves compromising our own faith because we feel embarrassed about standing on our principles, right? Mm. And uh, we need to find, and, and it's hard to find that spot, but find that spot where I'm firm and I have integrity to being 
a Catholic, and I'm I'm not forcing anybody else to to do that. I'm just saying, you know, oh, during Lent, I don't eat meat on Fridays, and so if you guys don't, if you guys will only eat meat, we'll have to put off having dinner on a Friday till after Easter, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not mad at you. It's just right. I can't compromise on being Catholic. Yeah, there's for sure a balance there of. But, it, and that's, it'd be wonderful if you had an answer that was like, oh, this is the exact line. Right. This is what, but, like, it is that balance of how do we make sure we're sharing our faith and make sure we're engaging in evangelization in that way and right. the discipleship that we're called to. But not, and, and I think at times we have to be willing to do that knowing that it might cost us the structure, the current structure of right. that relationship with that person. Because... If they need to hear the message we have to say, like that, that's always a spot where I find myself in is, do they need to hear this message more than I need our friendship to remain the same? Am I, do I need, is it important enough for me to share with them that I'm okay if this changes our relationship? Not necessarily drive somebody away, but like, I think that moment that Scott was talking about was like, is a moment that just fundamentally changes like a moment or an interaction or the time that you're hanging out with that person, like just changes the feel of things, but it can also do it in a really positive way. And right. sometimes it's finding like, when do it, when do I take that risk? Right. And when do I put that out there? But knowing that like it could fall flat. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think like as parents, you guys face these decisions a lot with your kids, right? Like this is going to make my kid mad, but I have to tell them what's good for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and run the risk that um, they they may hold a resentment against that. But it's it's my obligation. It's my duty to my vocation to say this is what's good for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're saying but that I, to us, but you you encounter that in oh every day sacrament of confession every day right. with your staff, yeah. like with you know. But at I'm the sure. same time, like our kids have to sleep at our house. They don't have another option. Like right. we, you're, you're for like kids are forced to work with you through that situation. Right. Another standpoint of like from an evangelistic point of view, uh, you run the risk of ending friendships that you might not be able to repair. And maybe that's also just me taking the coward way out of, uh, I, but I think there's a difference between like, being Catholic and standing firm in your faith and your own principles and how you believe. Uh, but what, at what point do you have that conversation with a friend that doesn't know Jesus the same way that you do and really digging in to that conversation of if you keep doing and going down the path that you're going, there's significant moral repercussions, uh, what's repercussions to, to that. That's or right. Repercussions. Repercussions. Amos. Amos and <laughs> Amos. Let's just go with percussions. Percussions. There's lots yes. of drums. There's yeah. The beat hell. of your own. There drum. are lots of drums in hell. Yes. Mm. And none at mass. Right. The uh, except yeah. for that one time. The <laughs> what's that called? Little drummer boy. No, no, no. During like Easter, there's the big drums. Isn't that a thing? That's pretty normal, right? The what? Was like the timpanis? Yes, that. Yeah. Is that okay. a normal thing at that's Easter? That's a drum, right? It, it is, is a drum, yeah. But is it a normal thing at Easter? I've seen it at multiple churches. Okay. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen a timpani at church. 
I've seen it at two. Are you thinking of bell choirs? No. <laughs> Different. Because your parish does love a bell choir. We just had one last yeah. a couple weekends ago. It was great. I love the bells. Uh, I think, Scott, it is really hard. But there's two things that I would say here. One is research is always showing more and more clearly the f- the friends we have have profound effects on us. I was just reading an article mm-hmm. yesterday that shows there's evidence that uh, <clears throat> divorce can be contagious. So if uh, if a friend of yours gets divorced, you are really significantly more likely to. I 100 percent believe that. Yeah. And even like if a friend of a friend of yours gets divorced, your chance of go- getting divorced goes up. And so I think that's how the devil works. It is how the devil works. It is. <laughs> and I think, I think so we, we have to be able to say, well, if this friend is not helping me towards heaven, uh, then for me to say something to them at, at the risk of our friendship is probably the right thing to do because the people who are close to us have a profound impact on mm-hmm. us, right? And then I think the other thing is, uh, it, do we believe in the risk of hell, right? And if we do, then I think like our friends are the ones we ought to be most fired up about, to pardon the pun there. Uh, <laughs> like, that was good. To, to be most... Uh, eager to, to warn away from the potential danger of hell, right? I don't understand, and I'm a priest and I live a very sheltered life and I'm naive and I know that, but when I say to people like, encourage your friends to go to mass because it's good for their soul, like I, mm-hmm. how do we not do that? That we know intentionally choosing not to go to Sunday mass is a, a mortal sin, then how are we not encouraging people all the time? Like, what do we need to do to help you get to mass? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, this might be a different conversation for a different day, but I think as Catholics, we make it hard to be Catholic. Yes. So inviting someone to mass is saying, come to mass, come check out this thing that you're not going to understand a lot of what we do. And then during the key climax of the event, you're not allowed to participate. And I'm not advocating that that we should welcome people to the right. Eucharist that, that aren't fully received in the church. But the RCIA process is, okay, once uh, or maybe twice a year, we'll invite people that show up on that particular Sunday to join into the RCIA program that happens once a year. And they can do all these things, and then they can become... Come to St. Jude. We will work with you any time of the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking in, in, in wide generalities. I'm just making a plug. I, <laughs> no, but I, th- I think you're right, except the key piece of what you said there is like, come. Right. Like, but, how do we go out and... I'm also talking about not necessarily the unbeliever, mm-hmm. although that's important. Sure. But Catholics who no longer practice, mm-hmm. right? Like, they do know what we're doing, and theoretically, at mm-hmm. least, they could receive the Eucharist. Um, but we won't even say to them like, Hey, I know you're not coming to mass regularly. I'll do that any day. Yeah. I think, no, I think that's in that same light of that discussion, Scott, like there is something to be said. I'm not saying it's a, it should be a hard and fast rule of like, before we go out recruiting others, like I used to, 
I used to have the discussion about like at our high school, we had very successful, the high school I went to, we had very successful athletic teams. Our football team was really good. Basketball team was not always stellar. And people used to say we need, they need to do a better job of recruiting the hallways. Like it wasn't about go find athletes anywhere else. Like there were incredible athletes in the building. You just got to get them to come play basketball. I think it's the same idea. Like we've got lots of, Lots and lots of people who are in the church when it's convenient for them to be in the church. Right. It'd be really great if we could just like remind them that like Jesus wants them there every week. Yeah. And yeah. Cool. All right. Dumb questions. Sure. All right. No, you didn't have anything, nothing there. I mean, I, I, yes, I, I agree. No, I meant like a good transition. Like I'm used to like, Something a little fancy. Yeah, you usually got some fancy little like a, segue or something. Like but. a timpani? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Jeff's Dumb Questions. The part in the show where the glow of the flame of knowledge grows a little dimmer and our collective IQ goes down a few points, all thanks to Jeff. We're sorry. How was that? That was pretty good. <laughs> that was something. <laughs> All right, Father, I've got a themed question I've okay. been asking All right. the last few weeks. Obviously, you've been listening. Um, I saw a picture recently of a parish festival or a parish like auction that had a silent auction to eliminate a hymn for the year. Oh. So if you won the silent auction, you could eliminate a hymn for the entire year. What would you eliminate if you could for a year? It's uh, this is a little unfair to ask a pastor because mm, uh, doing it every week. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to win an auction. So far, uh, Father Patrick Hyde, yeah, refused to answer. Okay, uh, Father Christian <coughs> Rab uh, immediately had an answer, and it was a version of the Gloria. <laughs> well, I think it was an entire mass setting. It was an entire mass <laughs> setting. Yes, you're right. So, so. And all, but to that point, he didn't actually answer the question of a hymn. It wasn't one written by another monk, was it? I doubt it. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. All right. Uh, I the the only song I have absolutely forbidden. Oh wait, uh, you've actually I, done I this. Have. I have. Of course, you have. Is, <laughs> oh, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have, have to, to win. Imagine he doesn't it's, have to win an auction. Called, he can just uh, change our hearts. And uh, the words go, change our hearts this time. Your word says it can be. <laughs> the word says it can be. Change our and, yeah. right? and so theologically, I object to this song because it makes it God's fault that we didn't convert the last time. <laughs> right? The other problem I have with it is musically, it sounds like something Ethel Merman would sing. <laughs> and so all I can hear in my head is, Change our hearts this time, <laughs> and I can't do it. I can't. I can't be serious while that song is playing. <laughs> we can always count on you I'm, for just. I'm like, never being invited back, am I? <laughs> no, you're gonna be, no, you're going to be back in two weeks. Actually, um, <laughs> that's phenomenal. Um, all right, next question. You, I would say. Of priests, I know you are one who is known as a confessor. Like you, uh, very much you you make the sacrament more available. I think the most in your parish, you you recognize and see the the value of confession. So you spend a lot of time in the confessional booth, right? Over the years, I've heard stories from many people about uh, 
Don't worry, I'm not trying to set you, put you in a bad right, spot. Right. But they'll tell stories about like a priest who has their dog in the confessor, confessional booth with them, right? Or a priest who is like listening to the football game while they're sitting in the like. Is that cool? Is that like that? Those distractions or those things like does is it really? I feel like maybe the last time we had you on here, we talked about did we the words of absolution? Oh, the words of absolution. Yeah, what's yeah. required? But this I, was a question that came up was like somebody once said like I can hear your confession. I just had a white claw, but I think I'm good. So, <laughs> so I, if I'm scheduled for confession, yeah. then like I'm sober uh, to, to answer your last one. Uh, and I, I do often pray the liturgy of the hours. It's not ideal, but it, it often falls at that time. So I'll pray evening prayer while in the confessional kind of between. I don't like it because it gets a little chopped up and disrupted, but... Uh, and sometimes I will take a book in uh, and and read, but nothing more distracting than that. Okay. And part of that is to give the assurance to the penitent, like I'm I'm here and I'm I'm focused on you. Uh, and part of that is to uh, not weird the penitent out, right? So, you know, priests are weird enough. <laughs> we don't need to like go adding on crap to make us more weird. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Last question. You're a convert. Yes. So you went through RCIA. Right. Horrible. Whoa. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. I'm sorry. And you, and you doubled down and just went to seminary. I'm going to fix that. <laughs> this was not rigorous enough. I need more. <laughs> more catechesis. All the catechesis. All, All the of catechesis. it. As much as I can. Get a doctor. And sorry. Go on. Um, did you, when you went through RCIA, did you have to take a confirmation name? I did. What did you choose? Thomas. Thomas. Of Thomas More. Oh. Yeah. Thomas. Yeah. I love a man for all season. Right. It's one of my scenic key favorite movies. Yeah. yeah. All right. That was, I was just wondering, do like, our, does everybody who goes through RCIA take I don't it? think they have to, huh. uh, but they, they're, we explain it and allow them. We did learn recently you don't have to when you get confirmed that. No. We right. had Father Meyer on, and he was sharing yeah. that he, at the time he went through, right. they said, we don't need, you, you be you. Right. We don't need any saint's help. <laughs> just, just wrong. It's a pious tradition, and it's a good tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. When I went through Arche, as we were getting close to Easter, I said, hey, uh, could you explain to us, like, how to go to confession? Because I had been previously baptized, and... My instructor said, oh, you don't need to worry about that. And I'm like, well, I am worried. Uh, so could you? Because that always works so, to like, ease somebody's mind. And, oh. You know, in the early 2000s, Google uh, and uh, posting on a forum that I was a member of, a Catholic forum back in the day, uh, I got enough to get through. So, oh. yeah. I mean, the priests will always help you, too. Yeah. So, But, I, you know, I didn't want to embarrass myself by looking like an idiot so you do enjoy preparation i do i know that yeah. right. what was the movie you liked a man for all seasons you've never seen it no oh it's amazing fantastic okay. like late 50s yeah. 60s uh, it's about sir thomas Moore. got it it's all right because i'm a simple it's all right because i'm a simple it's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday.